Welcome to the Nine Brawl Podcast, where we tackle daily life challenges and apply God's word to illuminate and preserve his truth while leading others to salvation through Christ Jesus. Let's join your hosts. Happy Sunday, everybody. This is Jeff Anthony and Sean Sean Campbell. Sorry, man. I didn't mean to steal your thunder. It's like, but welcome to the Nah Bro podcast. And uh, this week we are going to be discussing intimacy, both in singleness and in marriage. Yikes. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. All right. Let's go on this ride, man. All right. So uh, just to kind of fill you in, uh, the things that we talked about in class was that uh, there doesn't have to be a war between married couples and single people. Hmm. So we'll start there. Okay. Tell me about that. Yeah. And like, what do you mean when you say that war? So what I've seen in in life and also through research is that when people decide to get married, friendships become severed because they feel like, well, you're now in a whole different season of your life and I'm not there yet. So I don't want to be part of that. Or, and that's from the single side. Then on the married side is like, hey, I'm married now and you guys are living a life that I can't live anymore because I'm committed to this person. So now these relationships become severed. I know it doesn't happen to everybody. Yeah. But one of the stats that I saw uh, talked about how young people are now getting married at an older age because they don't want to lose their friends. So that's why it's a battlefield. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be that way. But, you know, we were talking earlier that, I mean, that's, I don't know that I might have heard that in the youth group actually growing up, that, you know, you've got, you've got to separate because, you know, God is calling you to something different. But surprise, I feel like that's putting God in a box. You know, we haven't, <laughs> we haven't been talking about that at all, uh, that we see God smaller than he is because like we talked about last week. He wants us to know what relationship feels like. And, you know, we Hutt talked about it this morning, um, and we've talked about it before. You know, just we hear in Scripture, you know, if you love your wife more than me, you're not wor- worthy of being my disciple. You must be willing to hate your wife and your kids and your family. And, you know, he talked about that that's not in Scripture. It doesn't mean what we think it means. It doesn't mean what what we currently put that um that we just need to honor God so much more in relationship that it might kind of look like that. But that just like a lot of the things that you just talked about, it's a bit hyperbolic to, to highlight the difference that's supposed to be there. You know, we talked about in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, if you hate your brother, it's no different than murdering him. And, and while I do believe Jesus meant what he said, the comparison the juxtaposition of those two things draws out the severity of the sin in relationship to God. And so I think on the flip side of that, we feel like, well, because I'm getting married, you know, I, I can't do that with those friends anymore, which is honestly kind of insulting to your friends, um, that they're so depraved (laughs) that, that you can't be around them anymore. But, we don't see that anywhere in scripture. Like we see in scripture that we're supposed to honor each other. We're supposed to love our wife as Christ loved us. But you know, in 
third Paul verse 86, you know, he still doesn't say, make sure you sever all the relationships with all the people that meant anything to you, who helped you get to where you are. That's, that's nowhere, it's nowhere in scripture. And if anything, it's contrary to what scripture says that, you know, God puts people in our lives so that we can know him better. And if those people help us get to where we're worthy of being the spouse of another person, they should at least have the chance to see the fruits of their labor. And it might encourage them that they've got value in their singleness. It might also show them the influence that a friend can have indirectly to this other person. And then they can be, they can be encouraged and see how that healthy marital relationships work while being on the outside. That's a great point. And the thing that I can come to you is in order for another person to call another person out or to be able to help them grow is that they have to have an intimate relationship with each other. Right. Yeah. Not like, Oh, that's my boy. Right. Right. Yeah. We talk. Yeah. We talk. Yeah. I, I know about that guy. And, uh, and uh, please forgive me. I used our relationship in class today. Cool. Okay. Um, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, okay? Don't worry, I do. Yeah, you do. And, and it's because of this. And I know that my spouse would be okay if you were to call me at 3 o'clock in the morning and be like, brother, I need you right now because I'm in a place that I just can't do it. I, I'm tired, right? I just, whatever the case may be, that, that I can go and do that and my wife isn't going to worry about it, right? And I feel like Stacy would be the same way. Stacy would drive you, she said. <laughs> would drive you. Which I know why. Yeah. Right. So, um, but it didn't happen overnight no. that we have that kind of relationship. Right. And I believe, or I'll just say for myself, you have full authority as an intimate brother because you're not a friend anymore. You're my brother. That if you see me mess up and I'm treating my wife or I'm doing something that d doesn't line up to God, that you're going to be like, nah, nah bro. bro. Yeah. <laughs> right. But like we said, like I said this week, you know, and we were talking about outside that it's crazy how it's been a year and just the the things that God's put in our life that have said, man, y'all need to to figure out this relationship because, you know, I asked you the question because I said, you know, I've never had a connection to an, another man that I feel safe enough to ask this question about. And, you know, you asked me if, if it was just, you know, what was about that? And it all ties back to that intimacy that we have that God has shown is so valuable that that I can say something and it wasn't necessarily offensive but it was just something that I'd wondered about for a long time and I knew that it was safe to ask because you know that I have your best interest at heart and I know that you have mine and also know that you are comfortable enough with me that if I was out of line, you'd tell me and I would know that it wasn't just a, you know, a throat chop <laughs> um, because you know where my heart is and you want the best for me and I want that for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I, I'm able to have relationships or bromances. <laughs> right? That's what the rule calls it. Yeah, to have bromances, right? Um, but real brothership, real family brothership with you only through Christ because with the, without Christ one, one thing I know for sure I would not be coming to church yeah uh, I wouldn't believe that the body is important yeah at all 
because all that matters to me is God and he judges me and it's only his job to judge me. Right. Sound familiar? Yeah. <laughs> right. But it's through God's revelation, through his word, that speaks truth to be like, you're right. All you need is me, but you're not supposed to do this alone. There are, there are people that are going to be in your life that you're going to need to call on. I have the ability to do whatever I could. I don't even have to snap my finger. I can just think it and it's going to happen. But what good would that be, right? Learning that the church is important. Learning that I need to confess to people. And I have to be careful of who I confess to. Yeah. The Bible tells us, right? Like, there's just some people that are not ready for that. <laughs> yeah. So this group, I am sorry that I'm so open because I know some of you aren't ready. So my apologies. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, Lord. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but it is important. Or I never, I would have kept that to myself and allow that to eat and eat and eat my heart away. Yeah. To go back to what I know. Well, I know when I was high, I didn't have this pain. I know when I was out doing this, right? And it's such a temporary thing. And then it gets magnified even more because it's like, well, I need more. I need more. Yeah. I need more. I don't have any more. Right. Because now we're just opening that hole further and further and further. Or uh, I think, oh man, thank you. There's this show that we watch. It's an anime show. It's called Cells at Work. And it's super gory, but it's all about the human body. And so, you know what, Col I'm going to say it wrong, coagulation. Okay, yeah. How does that work? I mean, cells move together to close up. Close up know, what? Wounds. <laughs> cut, wounds, yeah. right. So on this show, they're showing these little kids. Little kids, they're super cute looking, man. I use the word cute, right. so. <laughs> but like everyone around them, right. is like, they're the most important thing because they help put us all together to heal each other's wound, to heal a wound. Huh. And like right now it's like, that's the church. It's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed yeah. to be. And we talked about the battlefield, right? Yeah. Here's, Hey, broken people helping other people. We're going to, God put me in this place to help you seal this wound. He yeah. he is the other part that seals the wound. We are now being used to to do that, to grab onto each other, not to let go. We're grabbing the most important people, right? So they'd be like the they call them uh uh oh, the white blood cells is okay. what they're referring to. They bring in white blood cells, macrophage, they bring in all the things that kill bacteria and they're holding them firm to be like here you go, which then would be a brother in Christ, which would be uh, my mentor, which would be the head of the church, which would be the elder. When something's going on, that's what our church does. It's like, we need to be involved. We care about this person. We need to keep that from happening. That's the way the body works. Yeah. Where before, I was like, I don't need that. Yeah. That all was vain enough to think, I don't need you. Yeah. I'm just vanity. Yeah. <laughs> Which we already found out. I'm an idiot. So. <laughs> you and me both, man. Yeah. And, you know, that reminds me of something that, that the very first week, you know, his friends that are atheist, atheistic, agnostic, you know, I don't need God to be good the same way. I don't need God to be who I want. And we need those, that intimate relationship, those partnerships with with our brothers in our case, but, you know, it's... Stacey and Edith talked about with sisters in Christ, the same thing, you know, scripture tells us that we need to, you know, the older of us needs to, to teach and mentor the younger. And 
that connection that we build through that relationship helps helps you see you're still an idiot, but you know, you're at least heading in the right direction now. Or hey, you're you're moving the right right direction, but you're starting to veer off. You know, and you know, I haven't thought of the battlefield hospital, but you know, my background in the army, you know, I I imagine the battlefield and I think part of it is also our part of the job is to be that combat medic that runs out to the front line and then helps make sure that that guy gets back through that minefield to the hospital. And so, you know, that's that's how we can mobilize the church is we're talking about the the Mormons. They go out, they want to find places, you know, we think they're weird, but they're actually being genuine. They're caring about it. And then, you know, you said that they they ask, well, is there anybody who can help? Can you think of anybody that needs something? You know, that's something that we can definitely learn from because it's feels weird and it's kind of scary but that's what christ called us to do that's that is what he showed us that is the truth of the gospel that he did say go out you know the well don't need a doctor it's the sick that need the doctor and jesus is the doctor and he built the church to be that hospital to to save people but you can only you can only save people that trust you that you trust and that trust you and you know that is how it actually works in battle that you know i had to know my medic my medic had to know me that we there we had to have that level of intimacy um in the army so that we knew that both of us were safe that we trust each other that we could say you know hey man this doesn't feel right or you know this happened you know i need your help but it all goes back to that the true meaning of intimacy who does that intimacy before we can get intimate with someone else, we have to get intimate with the Creator. Yeah. Because we don't know what intimacy is without Him. Right. We don't know what real love is without Him. And the world has corrupted the word intimacy that we think right away. Intim- intimacy is sexual yeah. in nature, and that's all it is, right? The second part would be like, oh, it's an emotional whatever. But it always starts with sex. Sex. Surprise, the world has cheapened the meaning of of the word. Right. Versus love, true love, right? Um, I don't have the Bible verse or uh, the notes. What are, you know, all the different types of loves that are described? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's like philia, which is brotherly love. There's, all I can think of is the the Italian word amore. There's that, it's romantic love. And then there's agape, which is that, that perfect love that, that, doesn't depend on circumstance doesn't depend on behavior it's not self-seeking and and that's what paul is talking about in first corinthians is love is patient love is kind it's not envy it's not jealous Um, that's agape that's what that's what god shows us you know and the greatest command you know or in that order to love the lord your god with our heart soul mind and strength so that we can love our neighbor as ourself if we don't get the first one right we're going to screw the second one up and so it's no surprise that the world has said well intimacy intimacy is sex because they don't understand the value of i didn't understand the value of just a relationship that's so close that it doesn't make sense that it's not sexual a relationship that is so close that I feel comfortable saying whatever I feel like I'm supposed to say or what I'm what I need to tell somebody that there's no 
There's no question. There's no fear. But that doesn't make sense without God. It, it really doesn't. So it's going to screw up my relationship with another man. It's going to screw up relationship with my wife. If I don't understand what, what God's love is like. We talked about last week that God has existed in community for eternity past. And he wants us to have that, that connectedness. And when it comes to intimacy, God isn't homosexual. He's not romantically connected to himself. He is, but he's intimate within himself. And that, that intimacy is shown in our relationship as brothers in Christ, but as dear friends. So a, a question I have, when I, is it wrong to believe like uh, when people are intimate with each other, that it, it, that they would know everything about that person if they're really like intimate with them, like know their deepest, darkest secrets, if someone is intimate with someone when that kind of relationship, or do you feel that you can get to that place without intimacy? I think the only way you can get there without intimacy is you know, what you said earlier that, you know, just telling your story. It feels like the National Enquirer. You know, I'm just going to put it on blast and tell everybody. And then you just look like an idiot. Um, and, right. and, and so that because there is a wrong place to share true but uncomfortable, scary, sinful stuff, because it either looks like. I'm glorifying it or I'm glorifying myself, you know, just, Oh, look how awful I am or look how much fun I had because it's just, it's selfishness that's driving that either. I need that affirmation or, you know, I'm, I'm excited by the offense that you feel because of me. But if we have a godly intimate relationship, then I'm able to tell you those things and it's because we're connected in Christ because I know that you have my best interest at heart that you understand where I'm coming from and that is that feeling is mutual between us and so that I can tell you my deepest darkest secrets but also I can I can that could be not good or it could be the the best thing you know how passionate I am about serving God and loving my brother, not just how wretched I am. Do you feel that uh, we we slutter away our intimacy because of social media? <sighs> and, and, and because it, it was right now when you brought it up and now it's, I was like, people, I feel like people can't be intimate no more because it's all out there now. When you say it's being glorified, whether it be good or bad, it's still mm -hmm. glorified. The action is right. Huh. Do you think that's just because of social media? I think social media is the tool that people are seeking affirmation from. And that's why it becomes an addiction. The likes, you get the hearts, the even the thumb the thumb downs. Yeah. It's attention. I mean? It's, it's the feedback. Atten right. Um so do you, do you, uh, so you don't yeah, think I'm glad you can read my face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I th I think you're thinking is that it's not social media that does it. It's our sinful nature. Is that kind of yeah, where you're going? Yes, yes. It is. It's our, yes, our selfishness. Our selfishness that leads us to that. Um, yeah, selfishness, right? If we're seeking attention. Yeah. Or it could be just our hurt. Yeah. That, and I don't want to throw this on other people. I'm just kind of trying to think through it. That was like, 
I feel like I've never been seen and now I am. And it's sad. It's sad because there's so many people that that's exactly what it is. Yeah, they're trying to be seen. Um, you know, as you're talking, I got this picture that social media is our megaphone. Um, it, it magnifies everything, our, our hurt, our pain, our joy, our you know, wonderful life. But it's not, it's not genuine because intimacy requires a personal touch because it needs that physical connection. Like you just said, like I see your face and that's an important aspect of healthy relationships is that personal feedback. Um, you know, and that's the research says that that's why people can be really mean on social media because you'd have no feedback. I can't see the pain that my evil just caused you. So I think I can keep doing it because, well, you may not like it, but you know, that's just, you know, a frowny face emoji on there, but I don't see that pain. I can't empathize with the pain that I've caused. And you don't get that without a personal interaction. So um, we're going to use names that uh, I'm going to make sure we don't use the real name so we don't get any kind of flags if mm -hmm. we ever do decide to put these out on yeah, on something. Um, I'm going to try clever. <laughs> so Billy and June uh, Smitty. Okay. Are you following okay. him? Yeah. When we think about their issue and how they sat at a table and streamed their issues out, like you can feel like there's no more intimacy in that, that it's now a business and not anything more than that, right? For June to tell Billy, hey, I, I, this summer I had a relationship with um, our son's best friend. How does that make you feel? With the look on her face, like she was proud of it, right? That people are doing that, airing their trash, airing their trash out there like that, right? And uh, someone in class today, you know, because I was talking about that when you're when you're single, there, there's no exclus exclusivity. You're you're a free agent. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best way. You're a free agent. When you when you get married, you know, you're that's it. It's exclusive. It's you and that person. So I myself, I can't go and tell my friends uh, like, oh, hey, this about my wife and this about my wife. Right. Um, because they're not going to see it the same way. And um, I probably would get bad advice. Yeah. Right. But if I'm dating somebody because they're not my spouse, I am free to talk about that person because I'm going through the courtship part. Right. right? And that and, external feedback might be helpful. Right. And um, and I know during class, it made it sound like I was saying, oh, I'm going to talk bad about the person. Hmm. So Sometimes that happens. Let's not be right. Let's not act like we're perfect and we don't right. talk trash ourselves, right? We feel guilty about it. and But when you're in the heat of a moment and you're just venting, yeah, we say some of the most awful things yeah. about other people. I know I do. Right? I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it as well. Um, but the truth is, that's not your spouse. I'm not saying that it's right and I'm not condoning okay. the matter. But it's not at the same level like when you're married... The truth is we know like, oh, if you're talking smack about your wife, guess who you're also talking smack about? Yourself. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Right. So 
that's why when when I when I look at those things now, this person pointed out, well, I don't think I don't think when you're courting somebody to get married that you should go and talk to that other right. person because then it's gonna breathe like, hey, it's always safe for me to come mm-hmm. and air out that trash with that person, right? And and at the moment, it's like, oh, that's that's really good, and that's what I'm thinking here is like this couple. I wonder if that was like something like, well, we've always been airing out our trash. So that's why there's no more intimacy hmm. that's, that's there. Uh, so it's okay for us to do so. Do you feel during the courtship that it should be more like what that person said that, well, don't, don't do that. Don't air out the trash. I do because if you're actually in it for the long haul, it's just not legal yet. And there's parameters that need to be on that relationship. But if, if you're not just dating somebody, if you're in it to win it, dear friend of mine from the army would would say, um, train like you fight, so you fight like you train. And that courtship is the training. And marriage isn't a fight, but <laughs> the analogy holds true that showtime, you've got to get ready for showtime. You know what? You want so you want the rehearsal to look like showtime because without it, the show's no good. <laughs> the the mission doesn't get done but then the inverse the other side train like you fight so you fight like you train it it works it works both ways that the real deal mimics the rehearsal so the rehearsal looks like the real deal that you're reinforcing you're reinforcing things on both sides of it and so i think if you're courting you need to act like you need to show that intimacy and in, in how you interact with them. It, like we said at the beginning, that doesn't mean you have to forsake all other relationships. You need to forsake all other romantic relationships, but godly friendships should be part of that. But I can't be intimate with somebody who airs all my dirty laundry out. We, Stacy and I have friends who uh, we tried to counsel <laughs> into not doing that with their spouse on social media and just like you don't fix anything on social media social media just makes it worse um but like you can't come back from that because you don't have a relationship pe- with people who are gonna react to that your spouse definitely doesn't have a relationship with those people and vice versa so they just look at you know sean's this giant jerk because he and they may be right, but they don't understand how hard I'm trying, how hard I'm working. Because I don't have a relationship with them, so I mean they're entitled to think that. But if if I want to pursue a relationship with Stacy, I can't do that because that destroys the relationship. I think key thing you you said there is godly friends, yeah. right? And and I use this reference uh, or that. I know it's a long, drawn-out, get-to-the-point question, <laughs> but I wanted to walk walk you through it just so we can we can break that down because I brought that up too. Is like what I think you're they're correct. We should not be talking about bad about the person we're looking to to marry that we're interviewing. That's right. what I call it, the interviewing yeah. process, right? Because they're interviewing us at the same time. Right. They right? need to be. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Right. Um, now we have to seek wise counsel. Yeah. Right. Wisest counsels going to God, right? But we need godly people in our lives. For one, if I start all of a sudden doing that, I know for sure you'd be like, 
Nah, bro. <laughs> You'd slap me in the face. You're like, come on, man. Right? Well, we can. So I use the analogy today, like, it's like, oh, then the real question is, like, who's on your team? And do you want them on your team? Yep. Right? My life, I can say, I had a team of a bunch of JV players. <laughs> right? We're scrubs with nothing, yep. right? So we had scrub mentality. And through God, he's he is like, okay, hey, I'm going to start removing some of these vars- uh, junior varsity players and start bringing in varsity players in college mm-hmm. and then professionals, right? I want a bunch of pros on my team. I don't want a bunch of JV players on my team, right? And so and now when I go and see counsel, right, I don't always, as much as I love you, bro, I, you're not my, always my go-to, yeah, right? Because it's like, oh, we know our relationship where it's like, okay, hey, this is not something that this brother that I love, that I feel like, one, knowing I can't bring this up because then it's going to cause an issue for them, mm-hmm. right? That, oh, great, I have someone else now instead of, I hate basketball, I guess, passing it to the forward than to a, the center <laughs> to go in for a, a, a dunk or whatever, right? Please forgive me. I was, uh, I was a wrestler in high school, so it was at the same season that basketball was. Right. So, yeah, when it came, and we were like a little small two-way school, literally we would have competitions to see who got the varsity locker room. <laughs> we always won. Right. We always won, you know, but. Well, I mean, you remember but, the 90s movie, White Men Can't Jump, you know. Yeah, so, you hey, know. Hey, yeah. Um, sorry. Sorry, man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try to get back to, the, to where we're at. Um, yeah, so always upgrading. Yeah, I was upgrading to those things, right? And knowing who to pass off things to directly, and filling our lo- our roster with pros versus scrubs. In return, the talents that we acquire by being surrounded by those people, we now need to take to the lower levels. Yeah, to get them out because that's what God did for us. Yeah, right. Uh, so, I think there's truth in what you and this person are saying that yeah we shouldn't do that but i think we also have to look at who we're surrounded with because then who do you run to yeah do you just say well i'm gonna try to figure it out on my own going back to the first thing that we talked about though if that's if that's if i act like a fool around you if if i air all the dirty laundry with my my brother or with my wife, then I can't trust you to go out in public anymore. So that's gonna that's gonna harm the relationship in that way too. Because then I don't want you to have friends because I think you're telling on me out there. And and then vice versa, I'm I am hurting my friend by expecting them to be able to be everything to me. And we're turning the light back on. <laughs> And so this is where I think the dilemma comes from of why married people have to be on their own and single people have to be on their own, which we know is not true. Right. Right. So, but I think it comes to the part is if you have a godly single friend, they're going to steer you the right way because they're going to go to God's work. They're going to go, right. Because they're going to be more level. This is just, this is Jeff Anthony. They're going to be more level headed about the situation be like because when i know real friends of mine love my wife as much as they love me yeah and they're not going to pick a side yeah they're going to evaluate the same way 
there's very few married couples that I can say, even though they're godly, who can do that? Mm. Not pick a side. Yeah. Well, because we're selfish. But, you know, just the way God calls men to love their wives, like Christ loved the church, I'm supposed to love my, my friends and, and my friend's spouse the way Christ loved me. And God doesn't pick a side either. Like, he is his own side. <laughs> and, and so if I'm loving you like God loves me, I don't have a side. Um, so it's easier not to pick the side. I'm seeking truth. And, you know, the saying is, you know, there's your story and then there's my story and then the truth is somewhere in the middle. That's not always true, but it gets to the heart, I think, that I'm not worried about God being on my side. I want to be on God's side. And I think a godly, intimate relationship, especially between couples, we we want to love our friends as much as God loves us. We want our friends, hopefully, we love our each other to the degree that we want our friends and our spouses to love each other. And we know we got to that point without somebody preaching at us, um, with somebody empathizing, perhaps sympathizing with us, but it's seeking unity. And if I'm saying Jeff Anthony's right and Edith is wrong, or you're saying Stacy's right, it's probably true, and Sean's wrong, um, that just makes me want to fight more. And it further divides the situation. And that's what's caused the problem in the beginning is is that division but if we're seeking god's truth and god's truth is unity it's not uniformity but it's it's togetherness that's going to help you come together that's going to help fix the problem that's there and then that will strengthen the relationship between the couples because we all know that we all want the same thing which is more like christ and having that that godly unity that intimacy it, the, you know, inter and then intra, you know, thinking of intramural and intramural, you know, there's the two relationships, the two married couples would be intramural, but inside the relationship is the intramural. And so we have that, we want that, want that togetherness, that unity, that Christ-like intimacy to help us know God and know each other. So let's go back to, I'm assuming we talked about this at the beginning. We've talked about so much stuff that I assume sometimes that we did talk about it. So I apologize if we didn't, but we're still going to go ahead and bring it up. So the, this intimacy that we have with each other, right, is more than sex. We know that for sure. Um, we know that it's a, we talked about imprinting the other day, yeah. right? Um, imprinting can happen without physical, yep. f physicality, right? So we're literally giving our hearts to other people because we do care and i shared with you earlier like never never would i thought i would care about people who are not my blood the way that i do about people now yeah right i know it's not for me it's handed down from god down through the people that he's put in my life to show me what he has to offer right um but the world tries to be like no the first thing you do when you you google intimacy has to do with sex they want to remove the emotional aspect the world will make it think like outside of 
outside of the comf- uh, the the family, right, the church family. The viewer and I were hanging out, and the way we talk and the closeness that we have, they're gonna be like, "Man, these these dudes are gay." Yeah, I right? mean, they're, they're hugging, they're you know smiling yeah. at each other, they're having these quiet, intimate conversations. Yeah, you know, Wednesdays. This still happens in the church, though. All right, I'm not. I've caught some eyes, <laughs> right? You, uh, Jeff, mm-hmm. right? And I probably you too. I make an effort to come and give you a hug. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not like, oh, hey, bro. Like, yeah, it's not the bro hug. It's a, like, it's it's a real embrace. Yeah. yeah. And it's followed by, I love you. Yeah. Right? Like, a, a, when you come and do that to me, I love you. I think about the way Christ asked Peter, do you love me? Do you me? love me? How many times did he ask him? Three times. Three times. He was wanting to make sure, okay, do you love me like a brother? That's exactly right. Or do you love me like a friend? Or do you love me with everything? Yeah. And and that's... The agape you love, right? Three, it's three different words. Yes. In English, we dumb it down. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And that that's the model I think we should seek. It's also an example of the depth of relationship because what you just said, like, I don't feel compelled to give most men that I'm friends friendly with here at the church a big hug. It's a really short list, but like a handshake just doesn't do it. It's just there's there's something about that physical contact that is completely non-sexual, but it's intimate. It It is just... Like it, it's good for my soul and, you know, it doesn't get weird, (laughs) you know, there's no lingering too long, but right. It's just, it's because. Gotta go pull my chest hairs. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's because, man, I do love you. And it just, the world tries to poison that, Mm -hmm. you know, because I feel it has got to be true. And the world is saying, well, because you said that, because you did that, well, you've got to be, you've got to be gay. And, it, and it's created such a huge problem. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be coming up yeah. at the finishing end of this course, yeah. the problems that come up. And just to kind of put a, a trailer out there of what we're talking about is that young people now are taking the world of view of intimacy and are being confused to think that this feeling like what we have, right? Imagine that we were young kids and we would give in to the part like, well, you're right. It's not normal. Not normal to love people. Like, right. oh, yeah, I, I guess I like men because this love that this man is showing me, I'm not getting it from women. Right. Right. At a young age, it's like, Ugh, cooties. Or I'm like, <laughs> let's really walk through that, right? Yeah. I thought like, oh, as a matter of fact, uh, um, there's a movie, a Disney movie called Luca. Okay. Okay. When I watched it, like I comprehended the love that they had for each other. My wife was like, did you catch that? I go, catch what? That they're gay for each other? I was like, no. They're, no. They love each other like brothers. They love each other in the sense like, I will do anything for you. Even if it means I have to give you up for you to, to, to be in a better place, I'm willing to do that. I go, that's not gay. That that's an ultimate sacrifice of friendship and love. And she's like, oh, I was like, at at that age, I had friends like that. Yeah. 
that when they moved away, I cried. Yeah. Because they took they took something away from me. They took man, this is the things that were happening in my life I shared with this person. I don't have that person no more. Yeah. And I can't talk to my parents and I can't talk to my brothers. I can't because I don't have that kind of love from them. Yeah. Had I had a hard time when we were growing up at that age be pressed with this kind of worldview, I would have been like my boyfriend, my Yeah. That I probably would have been sold into that oh there's some I'm gay. Yeah. Right? But we are gonna get into that yeah. later, but that's the trailer for yeah. that. But it's relative to what we're talking about. That intimacy is not that that yeah. sense of like wrong. God's intimacy is not got wrong. The way we need to be intimate with each other through God's way is not wrong. And it's not evil. Yeah. And it'll never be used for evil. I mean, it makes me think of lots of proverbs, you know, that you know, the think it's you know the wounds of a friend make you stronger because it it, it to me it reinforces the strength of the relationship and it's not a hi I got you wound it's a nah bro <laughs> this isn't the way it's supposed to be and it's a it's a surgical wound it's not like a hack at you it it is this it's a scalpel that's cutting. It's not an axe. The world tries to throw an axe at you, but that brother wants to make you more like the father. It's just really easy to confuse that. Um, but yeah, we're going to get into that um, as we move on because, man, if you don't know Jesus, I can't expect you to act like Jesus, but man, if you don't know Jesus, I should expect you to really screw things up. But I have to love you the way Christ loved me. And so I have to lead you back to the truth with, with love. But if I leave the truth out, then love gets weird. But if I'm constantly seeking the truth, just like love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. If, if I know the truth, then I know how to love my brother. I know how to love my wife. I know how to love other people. And it doesn't have to be sexual. It, it usually isn't sexual because it's not self-seeking because it's not it's not anything that the world wants to call it it is it's righteous it's it's that agape love and we're gonna end the podcast uh here at this point but i do want to leave you with some research i want you to look at the old testament and the new testament when we in involve god's intimacy to guide us how much our life flourishes because we didn't get a point a time to get to that but i think that's really something that you have to do on your own yeah i don't want to put my what do you call them um influence bias yes yeah and i think that's something that i encourage you to do is to look in into that how how it works hmm. you and i talked two hours regarding that <laughs> but hmm. the biggest thing i said in class today couples and singles need each other you should not sever your friendships because now you're married yep. and you shouldn't sever your friendship just because your friend is married now. Yep. We are all part of the same group. Our relationship and our intimacy belongs to God and God created the church for a reason and we're here for each other. Yeah. If you are guilty of this issue of separating yourself from somebody because either uh, you're single and they're married or you're married and they're single, I encourage you to 
first seek God, seek his guidance, make sure that it wasn't an act of him removing somebody from you. Yeah. And then he'll do the rest and he will let you know when you're wrong. And yeah. if you're wrong, before you go live, leave your gift at the altar, go and make right with your brother. Yeah. Sean, if you would do us the favor and pray. Yeah, definitely. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for always being the perfect example for us. And Lord, that we would look to you for that perfect example of intimacy, what it looks like in heaven, may it look like that on earth, that your people would would look to you to see how you are unified, and that we would seek that same unity here, that we would seek that same closeness, so that we can love each other, that we can be intimate with each other, so that we can know you better. Father, we ask that you would bless bless the young adults that are in this class and we praise you for bringing them to class. Lord, I pray that you would speak to them and they would seek you more that we would all seek you in spirit and truth. Father, we praise you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This concludes this week's podcast. Just remember, when the world tries to get you to backslide, all you gotta say is, Nah, bro!